Hello, this is Jake Leahy reading the Supreme Court decision syllabus in Dubin versus United States. Certiorari to the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit. Decided on June 8, 2023. Petitioner David Dubin was convicted of health care fraud under 18 U.S.C. Section 1347 after he overbilled Medicaid for psychological testing performed by the company he helped manage. The question is whether in defrauding Medicaid, he also committed aggravated identity theft under Section 1028AA1. Section 1028AA1 applies when a defendant, during and in relation to any predicate offense, such as healthcare fraud, knowingly transfers, possesses, or uses without lawful authority a means of identification of another person. The government argued below that Section 1028AA1 was automatically satisfied because Dubin's fraudulent Medicaid billing included the patient's Medicaid reimbursement number, a quote, means of identification. Bound by Fifth Circuit precedent, <coughs> the district court allowed Dubin's conviction for aggravated identity theft to stand, even though in the district court's view, the crux of the case was fraudulent billing, not identity theft. The Fifth Circuit, sitting on Bank, affirmed in a fractured decision, with five concurring judges acknowledging that under the government's reading of Section 1028AA1, the elements of the offense are not captured or even fairly described by the words identity theft. Held. Under Section 1028AA1, a defendant uses another person's means of identification in relation to a predicate offense when the use is at the crux of what makes the conduct criminal. A. This case turns on the scope of two of Section 1028AA1's elements. Dubin was convicted under Section 1028AA1 for using a patient's means of identification in relation to health care fraud. On the government's view, a defendant uses a means of identification in relation to a predicate offense if the defendant employs that means of identification to facilitate or further the predicate offense in some way. Section 1028AA1 would thus apply automatically any time a name or other means of identification happens to be part of the payment or billing method used in the commission of a long list of predicate offenses. Dubin's more targeted reading requires that the use of requires that the use of a means of identification have a genuine nexus to the predicate offense. When the underlying crime involves fraud or deceit, as many of Section 1028AA1's predicates do, this entails using a means of identification specifically in a fraudulent or deceitful manner, not as a mere ancillary feature of a payment or billing method. A careful examination of Section 1028AA1's text and structure points to a narrower reading. B. The terms uses and in relation to have been singled out by this court as being particularly sensitive to context. The various definitions of use imply action and implementation. See Bailey versus United States. Beyond that general concept, However, use takes on different meanings depending on context. This requires looking 
not only to the word itself, but also to the statute and the surrounding scheme to determine the meaning Congress intended. In relation to is similarly context-sensitive. If extended to its further furthest reach, relate to would be practically limitless. The phrase clearly refers to a relationship or nexus of some kind, but the nature and strength of this relationship or nexus will be informed by context. Because the presence of two such context-dependent terms renders Section 1028AA1 doubly attuned to its surroundings, resort to context is especially necessary. C. Section 1028AA1's title and terms both point toward reading the provisions to capture the ordinary understanding of identity theft, where misuse of a means of identification is at the crux of criminality. 1. Section 1028A is a focused, standalone provision, and its title, Aggravated Identity Theft, suggests that identity theft is at the core of Section 1028AA1. A statute's title has long been considered a tool available for the resolution of a doubt about the meaning of a statute. Almendarez Torres v. United States Section 1028A's title is especially valuable here because it does not summarize a list of complicated and prolific provisions, Trainman v. Baltimore and Ohio Railroad Company, and also reinforces what the text, nouns, and verbs independently suggest. See Yates v. United States Alito concurring in judgment. The court has previously observed the contrast between Section 1028A's targeted title and the broad title of neighboring provision Section 1028, quote, fraud and related activity in connection with identification documents, authentication features, and information, end quote, Flores, Figaro v. United States, that Congress separated the identity fraud crime from the identity theft crime in Section 1028A suggests that 1028A is focused on identity theft specifically, rather than all fraud involving means of identification. The government urges the court to ignore Section 1028A's title because the government's reading of the provision bears little resemblance to ordinary understanding of identity theft. This broad meaning would, reading would, in practice, place garden variety over billing at the core of 1028A. Instead, identity theft has a focused meaning. The fraudulent appropriation and use of another person's identifying data or documents. From Webster's Dictionary or the unlawful taking and use of another person's identifying information for fraudulent purposes. See Black's Law Dictionary. This understanding of identity theft supports a reading of, in relation to, where use of the means of identification is at the crux of the underlying crime. And under these definitions, identity theft occurs when a defendant uses the means of identification itself to defraud others. Further, the inclusion of aggravated in Section 1028A's title suggests that Congress had in mind a particularly serious form of identity theft, not just all manner of everyday overbilling offenses. 2. Section 1028AA1's language points in the same direction as its title. In particular, 
Congress used a trio of verbs that reflect an ordinary understanding of identity theft. Section 1028AA1 applies when a defendant knowingly transfers, possesses, or uses, without lawful authority, a means of identification of another person during and in relation to any predicate offense. The two verbs neighboring uses, transfers, and possesses are most naturally read in the context of Section 1028AA1 to connote not only theft, but to sorry, the context of 1028AA1 to connote not only theft, but ordinary understandings of identity theft in particular, i.e., they point to one theft of a, of two means of identification belonging to three another person because transfer and possess it, possess channel ordinary identity theft the interpretive canon nasiter sosis a word is known by the company it keeps mcdonald versus united states indicates that uses should be read in a similar manner in addition the court assumes that Congress used three terms because it intended each term to have a particular, not superfluous meaning. See Bailey. On a more targeted reading, Section 1028AA1's three verbs capture the complexity of identity theft, which intermingles aspects of theft and fraud, misappropriation, and deceitful use. While transfer and possess conjure up two steps of theft, uses supplies the deceitful use aspect. In contrast, if Section 1028AA1 is not read in this narrow manner, then the two other verbs risk leaving uses without virtually any function. D. The list of Section 1028AA1's predicate offenses create additional problems for the government's broad meaning. Reading. Section 1028AA1's enhancement adds a severe two-year mandatory prison sentence on the underlying offenses that do not impose any mandatory prison sentence at all. The government's reading, however, does not meaningfully distinguish the aggravated identity theft crime that Congress singled out for heightened punishment and other crimes. <coughs> Instead, so long as the criteria for the broad predicate offenses are met, a defendant faces an automatic two-year sentence for generic overbilling that happens to, you name, to use names or other means of identification for routine billing and payment. A far more sensible conclusion from the statutory structure is that Section 1028AA1's enhancement targets situations where the means of identification itself is at the crux of the underlying criminality, not just an ancil ancillary billing feature. E. In contrast to the staggering breadth of the government's reading of Section 1028A, this court has traditionally exercised restraint in, an, in assessing the reach of a federal criminal statute, Marinello versus United States, and prudently avoid, avoided reading incongruous breadth into opaque language in criminal matters. See Van Buren versus United States. The vast sweep of the government's reading, under which everyday overbilling cases would account for the majority of violations, underscores the implausibility 
of the government's interpretation. While the government represents that prosecutors will act responsibly in charging defendants under its sweeping reading, this court cannot construe a criminal statute on the assumption that the government will use it responsibly. McDonald. Vacated and remanded. Justice Sotomayor delivered the opinion of the court in which Roberts, Thomas, Alito, Kagan, Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Jackson joined. Justice Gorsuch filed an opinion concurring in the judgment. Thank you for listening. Be sure to uh, to subscribe, sign up for notifications, leave a review. There's going to be a lot more cases coming around the bend here in the next uh, couple, few days and a couple weeks as the court uh, gets set to finish its term. Thanks again for listening.